The views and opinions expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station or its sponsors. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. Round number two, second hour out. It's the Watchdog Morning Show for a Friday morning, putting the wraps on the week. And it's a busy week, and we are very busy all the rest of the day today as well. Listen, take an umbrella wherever you're going. It is raining, raining hard. It's going to rain most of the day. might let up a little bit, but still rain almost all day long. High around 58, not much warmer than we are. 54 at the airport, 53 at the Highlands. 54 in Elm Grove and 54 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I mean, welcome to the program, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Senator, good morning. Well. Is he not ready yet? I guess not. Uh, let, me, okay. let me put it back on hold and I'll see what's going on. All right. In the meantime, Senator Manchin coming up to join us here to talk with us in a minute or two. Um, Got a lot of stuff I want to talk to him about, including uh, last night's speech by the president, uh, some concerns over Israel. There's the hydrogen hub in the city of Wheeling that we need to talk about. Uh, not city of Wheeling, but in the state of West Virginia. Uh, just a lot of things I want to, I want to get a take on uh, with, uh, with Senator Manchin when, he is, uh, when he's uh, here with us. I jumped the gun a little bit there, so it's my fault probably. I got in here a minute or two earlier than I um, had thought that we would, so that's kind of my fault. We'll see where where the senator is on this coming up. Coming up next hour, Chad Thalman, the vice mayor of the city of Wheeling, is going to join us. We're going to talk more about homelessness here in the city, and specifically we're going to focus on uh, the managed camp idea that Chad proposed at council this week in conjunction with the plan to eliminate urban camping, no, pan no, uh, no homeless allowed to sleep on the streets and so on, but Chad says one single managed camp might, might work. So uh, he's going to talk to us about that. I want to know the details of that. Mayor Elliott and I talked about it yesterday, and I don't quite understand. I, I think I like the idea, but I just, I'm not totally sure what a managed camp actually is. So uh, we'll talk with uh, Chad Tallman about that uh, coming up in the next hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. And I think Senator Joe Manchin is here with us right now. Senator, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Howard. How are you doing? Good. Haven't talked to you for a long time. I appreciate yeah, it you. It's been a long, too, too long, buddy. I appreciate you taking time to be with us here this morning. Lots going on, and you seem to oh, be in the middle of everything. I know you've already spoken out on, on Israel, but President Biden last night uh, talked about uh, calling it vital to America's security to provide aid to Israel and Ukraine. The American people need to get behind Israel. Uh, your reaction to what the president had to say, do you concur? Well, he, I do concur, but I, he stopped short. We have to have basically security on our own border, and he has, to, he has to agree to that. And the reason I'm telling you that, that's where the majority of Americans are right now. We're concerned about everyone else's border. We want to help fight and, and for freedom around the world, Howard. But we've got to maintain freedom in this country, and we've got to have a secure border. So that's part of a triangle that we have to have. And also there will be some assistance for Taiwan to prepare themselves better also. But the most important thing we have is our own border, basically not taking our eyes off of Ukraine, because if we can stop Russia, slow Russia down, without using any of our own people or shedding any of our own blood, and having a country that's fighting for the freedoms and, and, and uh, that we enjoy, liberties and freedoms that we enjoy, they're willing to fight the Russians. They basically wounded them badly. They can stop them there. Their aggression, if they don't, they're going to move on to NATO allies that we have. And we're, by, by our treaty that we've signed and our allies, 
We will have to go into that fight, putting our own men and women at risk. So I think we, we must not take our eyes off of Ukraine. And this Israeli thing, we must support Israel and also fight terrorism wherever you see. Let me see. My best description of terrorism that people can understand is when countries have disputes and there's wars that start with countries, but basically they use their war machines to protect and defend their people. Terrorists use their people to defend their war machines. And that's, that's an the difference. That's the best, that's the best that's way I can do I like that. That's, that's an interesting uh, way, way to look at it. I, I, I like yeah. that. President Biden tied Israel and the Ukraine together, support for Israel and Ukraine as both key national security interests fighting against enemies of the people, enemies of democracy, if you will, uh, Putin yeah. and, and uh, Hamas. Would, do you agree that those two are to some extent linked, support for Israel and support for Ukraine? Well, terror, terror is terror wherever it may be. But, you know, Iran has basically been spurring this on, supporting this terror. I disagree with the JCPOA when, when Barack Obama uh, did this deal and gave them money up front. And I said, I've never known any good can come from a, from a situation where you agree to reward someone for bad behavior on the front end when they promise you they'll be better. I want them to prove it to me, and we didn't do that. So that, that causes a problem. And then this $6 billion for hostage swap. I was totally opposed to that, and I think that we should snap back all them sanctions and ask all of our allies to snap back the sanctions that we used to have on Iran and make it absolutely harmful as we possibly can, that Iran cannot proliferate, basically, the support of terror around the world. And they've been horrible about that. We've had the Houthis now, who are supported by Iran and Yemen, that are firing missiles that our ships are intercepting. And we've got to be careful how we get pulled into this thing, but we've got, to, we've got the ability to help um, support the freedoms around the world that people desire, democracies that they are fight they're willing to fight and die for and give them that support we are the superpower of the world Howard, and that's our responsibility uh, so you do you think that we should um freeze back up the money we said we're going to unfreeze for from for absolutely absolutely that should be even more than that even more than that because a lot of the sanctions were removed back when they did the jcpoa back in 2015 Mm-hmm. Those should be put back on by all our other allies. And there's, you know, we're the ones that pulled out. But there's other allies we've had, the U.K., France, and some of them that have not. And they should now, we call, snap back those sanctions that we all had on Iran back then. Make it miserable for them. Don't let them sell their oil, get that oil out of port to where they can have money and proceeds to spend on doing destruction and harm to humans around the world. You mentioned, you called it a triad, uh, including pr- protecting our own border. What do you mean by that? We have to solidify that border. I don't care what anyone thinks, and Democrats have to get their headed out of their butts and understand that we have to have a secured border. My Republican friends got to get their head out of their butt and understand that we have people here, we need workers, and we need a proper vetting and a proper way of coming to this country for a better life and a better quality of life. And so we need worker visas. But you can't do any of this, and I can't have any conversations with my Republican friends or Democrat friends until we all agree that the first thing we do is start securing this border and nailing it down tight. Well, Senator, let me let me jump off here from the specific issue and into the more general issue that you just all kind sure. of opened up. You have been pretty outspoken on this inability of Democrats and Republicans to even agree on a problem, let alone on a solution. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind of been your theme lately. Howard, it's, it's the facts. I mean, the extremes have gotten so bad. 
let's say the root, the root problem is this. You have 435 people in Congress that have districts, and they redistrict every time they can for their advantage. And pretty soon you get a really uh, tight district that almost anyone with the ideology of the far right, extreme right, extreme left is going to win no matter what. So you have very little turnover, and you got this ideology that's just separating this country. That becomes a pretty good business plan in Washington. So basically, the politics in Washington is working great for the business plan in Washington because people are sending money for bad behavior. We're not getting people balanced enough that can say this. Hey, Howard, I think you're right on that. I, I looked at it differently. You showed me some different facts. I'm okay. Let's, let's work together. That's what we have to get back to. But when a person comes from the district, then no matter what they do and what they say and how radical they become, they're going to have support. Things aren't going to change. So we are not going to fix Washington politics in Congress inside of Washington. It'll be the pressure from outside when enough's enough. And right now, we are getting to that breaking point to where if we don't get our act together, we don't show the rest of the world that democracy does work and it provides opportunity for people, safety for people, and basically a quality of life. That's what we're all about. And we've got to step up to the plate. And we've failed in that in Washington. And I've been fighting it. I, I, I've never seen a Republican that I don't like. They're my friends. And I've never seen a Democrat that's not always right. They think they are, but they're not. So I work with both. I've worked with both sides, and I said, listen, I've never met the first person that's always wrong. I've walked away from some people sometimes thinking they're crazy in a bed bug. I didn't spend enough time talking to them to get a positive movement, and they had something to offer. I just walked away too soon. So I've taken that approach, and uh, it's just hard to find enough people that are, that, aren't, uh, that are willing to do that and risk their political career. My political career is this. I'm there to make sure that I defend the Constitution protect and defend the Constitution, which is my oath that I take to my office. My purpose of being there is to protect and defend and help my state of West Virginia be all it can be. And I've been working my butt off on that, and I think we've been having some success there. Senator, obviously you, you've led me down a path that every single reporter who sees you in a hallway asks you then, given your thoughts about the dysfunction sure. between Democrats and Republicans, the need for greater unity, which you can't find. What are you going to do? What what is your what's your game plan? I mean, everybody asks you that. Well, I know I'm not asking all, an original question, but what are you going to do? Well, here's the thing. I've got three options. I can retire. Okay, I've been at this for forty some years. I can see how I can best help and still contribute. I got gas in the tank. I've been very very blessed with good health, and uh, and and I still have a lot of op- I have a lot of energy to, to to really help my country and my state. So I can look at that and do I help it better in the Senate? Or do I go on a statewide or you know national tour trying to get people to rise up and understand what's going on and basically reaching out, trying to bring Americans together? I will uh, spend over the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, I will spend it with my family, and I will hopefully make a decision with all of them because they have made more sacrifices than I have, to be honest with you. And I want to make sure they have input on what our next step will be. Senator, I would be foolish to ask you if you have made a decision because you wouldn't tell me if you had, and I don't think you actually have. Because I really, I really haven't. I mean, people don't believe that, but I really haven't. And here's the thing. 
In West Virginia, I'm not holding any Democrat back if they want to run. You follow me? Mm-hmm. If they want to run for anything, I, I'm not holding any Democrat. I'm not a threat, I'm sure, to the Republicans either. The bottom line is, if I get in a race, it's going to be one hell of a good race, I can tell you that. And we intend to win, whatever whatever I do. Because If, uh, if you run for re-election, you think uh, for re-election uh, to the Senate, you would quite likely be facing Jim Justice, extremely popular governor. You think you could beat him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of things he'd have to speak to and answer to. And basically, we look at the record. Washington is completely different than West Virginia. I was a governor and loved it, and I had great support, Democrats, Republicans across the board. And I couldn't wait to get up in the morning to go do something and help people. And I couldn't. I didn't want to go to bed at night. So it was that exciting for me. And I think people knew that. And I really got into it. And then you go to Washington, it's a whole different. You have got to work your butt off. You've got to be in those hallways, pounding the quarters and working back and forth. And we've had tremendous success. When you look at what we've been able to do and bring to our our, our state, let's just look in Wheeling, $5 million for a new welcome center, a million dollars for a child care center in Wheeling, 400000 for expansion, uh, the uh, Smart uh, the smart uh, 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've, done, we've been working our butts off in Ohio County. Has received over a billion dollars. Look at all the federal assistance comes in. Brook County's got about five hundred million, and Hancock got about six hundred million. So, and then look at the form energy. We worked on that. We passed bills that gave us opportunities. I'm going to now dig. Uh, we're going to have a groundbreaking for uh, Nucor, mm-hmm. which is one of the largest steel producers in the world. It's going to be making some of the cleanest steel in the world. And uh, we've got the hydrogen hub. is a billion dollars of investment from the federal government for us to lead the way in blue hydrogen and make it cleaner and assist our coal industry, assist our our manufacturing and our chemical industry. We've got a chance to make it. We just got to make sure that we have the workforce skilled enough to do the jobs that need to be done. Senator, real quick, because I know you've got to run, but talking about uh, some of the dollars and cents of this, uh, of course, the other body is, is in quite disarray right now. Uh, but I think a lot of us are looking to see whether or not we're going to see a federal shutdown. We're, are we going to get a federal budget in time? What do you think? Well, they'll do another temporary extension. They always do, and this is what will happen. But the thing right now is it's just in disarray. This is a situation where you have within each party, Democrats and Republicans, the extremes in each party almost cripple it. And that's why you have to build coalitions. And why in the world, my friends, over on the Republican side, there is some really good Republican Congress people who could lead that. And they could lead it with probably 150 to 175 Republicans and maybe 40 or 50 Democrats and get the job done for the American people. But, you know, they have this purity test, Howard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if the Republicans are in the majority, they, want to, they don't want to do anything unless they got 218, which is a simple majority. If the Democrats are in power, they want the same. Well, I'm sorry. Those days are over. We have basically set an example that we are going to allow redistricting to protect and make us more extreme. So you better start working on coalitions or you won't work at all. Senator, back to the issue of, of what you plan to do in 2024. And I, I absolutely believe you, uh, knowing you over the years, I, I think that you have not yet fully made up your mind. But i got to ask you, right. are, are you leaning? Do you have a feeling? You don't even tell me where you might be leaning, but are you leaning one way or another in terms of what to do come next year? Well, it's not that I'm leaning on the federal level. I've never been more concerned about my country than I am right now. I have 10 grandchildren, and you all have grandchildren. You have younger children. When you do look at them, $33.5 trillion of debt, the amount of interest they're paying on the debt will cripple the things that they're able to achieve and the things that they're able to enjoy. 
So that scares me. Get your financial house in order. And when I was governor, that's exactly what we did. Uh, And then when you look at the opportunities, education, we're dumbing down. We're not basically smarting up. When I see the scores and test scores Mm -hmm. of reading, just basic, simple reading and math and comprehension and that, and we're just falling so far behind. In West Virginia, even West Virginia compared to the rest of the country, we can do so much better. So those type of things concern me. Where can I make? Where can I do the best good? Well, how can I be instrumental in all the experiences that the good people of West Virginia have given me the honor to serve them in so many different capacities? I want to take that and use that to their benefit. So I can't really tell you if I think going back to the Senate is by far the best way I can have input, or on a national tour trying to bring Americans together and understanding that you can make a difference, you'll make the changes that need to be made in Washington by not supporting all the craziest in Washington. If people quit sending all their money in that just because someone says, hey, that person's crazier than I am. Well, wait a minute. I'd like to get someone better than both of you. <laughs> Senator, last question, because I know you have to run, but uh, on this re-election issue, if you chose to re-run for re-election to the Senate, would you do it as a Democrat? You've been pretty critical in just in this conversation of your fellow Democrats. I'm struggling with that right now, you know. I, I'm a Democrat because my grandfather was back in the 30s. I guess Franklin Delano Roosevelt saved all of them, and the state was very loyal to, to the FDR and the Democrat process. But I can tell you I'm not infatuated with either side because I'm not sure in the, the national Democrats, Washington Democrats, and the Washington Republicans, I do not believe they have the best interest right now because they have been so we so you know really so lucratively mm-hmm. rewarded for bad behavior mm. now this makes sense to me and i can't fix anything by calling you names howard if i need to work with you i need to sit down and say hi we have differences here can we work through that tell me how far you can go without getting totally uncomfortable and can't go home and explain because i've always said this if i can come home and explain it i can vote for it now one party and the Democrats are just as mad at me as the Republicans at times. So I'm really, truly an independent at heart. I've always been that. I've had a D identification as a D, but that didn't define who I am. It never will. So if I would switch to an R or an I or this or that, does that really change who I am? If it does, then you've got the wrong person representing you. Well, Senator, I hope you don't call me names, um, but I do hope you call me. I do. I do hope you call me from time to time. It, uh, Howard, let's keep in touch. I've always enjoyed. I mean, you do a tremendous job. You've been doing it, and you have so much, so much. Uh, I think uh, the honesty and approach that you do in, in such a balanced way. And I've always appreciated that. You know that. So I'm happy to. Anytime you want me, you call and look. Track me down, buddy. I'll be there for you. I don't know. You're in pretty high demand, sir. I, you know, and, and don't forget, I, we all know that you love Hoppy the best. But nonetheless. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hoppy. Well, both of you. You know what? We, we've all known each other for such a long time, and you all have been so great. But uh, I, I want to do more. So let's make sure that we right. keep in touch. I, 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 I'm going to take you at your word for that because I really would you like to that. continue this conversation. You get a hold of Sam, my communications director, Howard, and we will on different things. I'm happy to talk to you and the people in Wheeling. And I just want to say this. I, I, my heart goes out to the uh, Nutting family. Austin oh. was a dear friend and great person. I know they're thinking, I'm thinking about them and the family and all they have done for the Upper High Valley. And uh, we've lost a great one there. We sure did. I don't care. Forget about the politics. We just lost a good man who cared about his area, his state, and his country. 
I could not agree with you more, Senator. Thanks yeah. for joining me today. We will keep in touch. I appreciate your Please. time and your Okay, Howard, anytime. Talk soon. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Bye-bye. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I hope I don't get in trouble. I kept him longer than I was supposed to, but he didn't seem to be in a hurry to run. He didn't he? say, I got to go, Howard. <laughs> he didn't say, I got to go. So what do you think? I think he's going to run as an independent for president, is what I think. I tell you, I, I'm not sure I would draw that total conclusion. I think he is... Based on just what I heard him say, he is clearly not happy in being a Democrat um, or with the Democratic Party. I shouldn't say it that way. Um, I can easily see him coming independent. And I have to agree, he talked a good bit more about, I forget how he phrased it, uh, a national platform or something. So I, I heard more of that than I thought I might hear from him today. I think the biggest part of the decision, however, this is just my opinion, is I think he'll be watching Jim Justice to see... He can't go any higher. He's got to come down with all these problems. And I'm a true believer of this, Howard. If Joe Manchin decides to, to, to stay as a United States senator, I think him pointing the finger at Jim Justice mm -hmm. will go more than anybody else in this state. When he says, wait, hey, wait a minute, Let, wait just a second, and he brings up all of his problems, People open up their ears more than they have so far. I will say this, and I've said it before, and I think in conjunction with what you're saying there is true as well. Joe Manchin is the absolute consummate politician. I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. Um, and if he sets his sight to run for re-election, Democrat or an independent, um, it, it'll be a hell of a race. And, and I, the idea that uh, we've talked a lot about Jim Justice being so popular and being able to just roll right into the Senate, uh, whether it's Justice or Mooney, if that wouldn't be the case, Manchin will put up a tremendous fight. It will not, it will not be an easy battle for anybody um, if Joe Manchin decides that's where he, where he chooses to go. But I do appreciate him uh, joining us this morning. We haven't, he and I haven't talked for a long. time. I don't time. think he's going to retire, Howard. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask him that. Can you can you picture yourself retiring? Because that was his, he's well, I could retire. See, really? Come on, could you? Could you really? Anyways, I appreciate him being on this morning. It's been a long time since he's been. He used to be on all the time, and then I'll tell you what happened, and I know that everybody else in the country wants to talk to him, you know, so. And, and Hoppy is his favorite. I mean, I can just, that's, <laughs> it's 827 on the Watchdog Morning Show. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people 